Good morning, everybody. So good to see you this morning. We are going to worship the Lord this morning. I hope you came ready to do that. Amen. Everybody put a smile on your face. Let me see it. Some of you need to work on it. Amen. That's all I'm going to say about that. We're so glad you're here. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's all stand to our feet if we would. And we're going to start with a great hymn, I Stand Amazed in the Presence. Amen.
praise him this morning. Oh, praise him. Amen. Here we go. One, two, three, four.
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's sing this song based on that this morning if you would.
Aren't you glad for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son? Amen. It's the only hope any of us in this room have today. Lord, we thank you for the greatest gift of all. Uh, Lord, our salvation through Jesus Christ, your son. Amen. Hey, let's take time this morning, if you would, uh, to uh, find somebody you don't know. Tell them how good they look this morning. Amen. Greet uh, one another in the name of the Lord. Tell somebody how good they look this morning. Then we're going to continue to worship in just a moment. All right. Awesome fellowship, if you would, find your place and uh, be seated. Amen. You can find your place and uh, go ahead and be seated. Got just a few announcements today. And uh, first of all, we want to say a welcome to any visitors that we have. We're so glad you're here today. Uh, we don't want to embarrass you or make you stand up or do anything, but we would like a record of your visit. So, uh, Brother Nelson, do you have those cards? Uh, Brother Nelson has some uh, visitor cards. If you would just fill it out and put it in the offering basket when you leave today. Uh, any first-time visitors today? Got one right there on the back row. Thank you so much for being here. Anybody else first-time visitor today? All right. Everybody else is home, folk. Just fill that card out. Put that in the offering basket uh, on your way out today. And we thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, just a few announcements. Uh, don't forget, every Wednesday we have a full slate of activities here starting in the morning. We have a, a Wednesday morning Bible study. If you're not busy doing anything, uh, you can come. We do it from 10 to 11 a.m. We meet in the fellowship hall in there. And uh, we have some coffee. We have donuts, if you'll bring some donuts. So uh, somebody bring some donuts. Bless the preacher. Amen. Uh, but we, uh, we just study a book of the Bible. We do a chapter each week. And uh, right now we're going through 2 Corinthians, I believe. So, uh, so you come and take part in that if you would. Uh, also, then on Wednesday nights, starting at 6, we have a full dinner in the Fellowship Hall. And we would love for you to come. Miss, uh, Miss Mary makes us a wonderful dinner every Wednesday night. Give her a big hand, always uh, very good. And uh, then we have at 7 o'clock, we all uh, kind of have different services. The youth meet in here, and they have a youth service in here on Wednesday night at 7. And then in the middle, uh, the kids meet in there. And then in the uh, fellowship hall, uh, we have two classes for adults, a prophecy class. And then I teach a class. We're going through the book of Mark right now. So uh, come and take part. Wednesday night, the building is always full. God is doing wonderful things on Wednesday night. Hey, we are going to have, uh, don't forget, Sunday school uh, every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Just come an hour earlier. And at 10 a.m., we have Sunday school for all ages. And uh, next week, we're going to do some baptisms, all right? We're going to dunk some people, amen? So um, if you need to be baptized, maybe you've been saved, but you've never followed the Lord in baptism, this would be a great time to do it. Uh, we've already got two or three on the, uh, on the agenda, but we would love to add to that. 
So uh, come and see me if you're interested in that, and we will get you set up for that next next Sunday, all right? Uh, now, I said all that about Wednesday night service to tell you this. We will not have a Wednesday night service this week, all right? Uh, Thanksgiving is this week, and first of all, let me say from Landmark Baptist Church to you, I hope your family has a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, we know that uh, uh, everybody, that especially the ladies, have a lot of cooking to do and family to get ready for. So uh, we've always just given you that Wednesday night uh, free before th the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. So no Wednesday night activities uh, this week. Uh, enjoy being with your family. And then last but not least, um, we have a ladies' Christmas party. Miss BJ texted me this morning. Uh, she's not able to be here this morning. But she said, please announce uh, ladies' Christmas party Friday, December the 10th. At 6 p.m., it'll be at B.J. Daniels' house, and the sign-up sheet will be starting next week. It's going to be a covered dish, so we need to kind of know what everybody's bringing so they can coordinate the food. So we'll have a sign-up sheet uh, for you starting next week, but go ahead and put that on your calendar. I know everybody's calendar gets crazy this time of year, so that's going to be on Friday, December the 10th at 6 p.m., all right? I believe I've covered everything. Did I cover everything? I don't think so. All right. Well, we're going to sing about the goodness of God. Amen. So let's continue to worship. All right. He is good. Do you believe he's good to you? Or do you have a heart of gratitude going into Thanksgiving? Well, if you don't, get it turned around. Amen. Uh, we need to. All right. Let's go.
all these songs we're talking about God how good he is because that's what we're thankful for is that he in 1 Corinthians 15 57 says but thanks be to God he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ so that is the greatest thankful gift we have is Jesus Christ that is our hope He's the only thing good. Sometimes he's the only thing good in our life. And through circumstances we go through, he is the only thing that's good. Our circumstances are not good. Sometimes they're not pleasant. But when we keep our eyes on him, he walks us through. Like we said, we sung about the fire. We go through the fire because we live on this earth that's imperfect. So quit trying to think that you're going to have a little perfect world here. We're just not. And then as those circumstances come, and we don't like them, nobody likes the bad circumstances. Just go, okay, Lord, I give it to you. I don't know what's going to happen. Just walk me through because you have me in your arms, and I know the victory is yours, and we win in the end. Amen. One more song about how good he is.
thank you. We love you. Lord, we proclaim you're good to us, Lord. I pray that as we approach Thanksgiving, God, may you give us a heart of gratitude. May you give us a heart of thankfulness, God. And Lord, as we talked about last week, that only comes through people of faith. We must have faith. And as our faith grows in you, God, then our thankfulness can grow and our gratitude can grow. And so, Lord, we can't put our hope in the things of this world. We can't put our hope in, uh, God, the uh, worldly things, the carnal things, the fleshly things. God, we can only put our hope and our trust in you. We thank you for this time together. Thank you for worship. Thank you for the freedom of worship, being able to stand and proclaim your name, Father God. May we get excited. May we never, uh, God, just go through the motions. May we be excited about what you're doing in our lives. Lord, as we worship now through the preaching of your word, I pray that, Lord, you'd move me out of the way. Holy Spirit of God, move and uh, speak through your Holy Spirit. Speak through your powerful word in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. All right. Well, it's wonderful to be here. We have uh, Children's Church this morning. So if you've got children uh, who would like to go to that, uh, just meet Miss Gail over there. And uh, we've got Miss Barbara. And we've got some other helpers. Give our children's church workers a big hand, if you would, always for helping. And it is a good thing. Rest of you, you're stuck with me. I'll try to make it painless here, okay? Are you all excited about Thanksgiving? Okay, just me, I guess. Are you excited about Thanksgiving? It's the only holiday where the whole theme is just to eat as much as you want to eat, Amen. And uh, no, we, it is definitely, we want to be thankful. We want to have a heart of gratitude. And uh, you are going to be spending time this week, probably with a lot of people maybe you don't spend a lot of time with, uh, family members. Uh, are you all excited about that part? All right, well, good. Some of you got good family, amen. <laughs> Listen, uh, th- as exciting as Thanksgiving can be, it could all be, also be very challenging, can it? Because sometimes uh, we, uh, we get together with family members maybe we hadn't seen in a long time. Maybe we're not always uh, def- on the same page. Uh, somebody always wants to come in and start talking about religion or politics. And uh, those are always exciting categories uh, to approach during Thanksgiving dinner. Amen. As you're trying to be thankful and people screaming over the table. That's probably not your Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully that's not your Thanksgiving. Uh, but hopefully uh, we will be the light of Jesus at our Thanksgiving. Amen. Uh, I wanted to talk to you this morning about being a follower of Jesus and following Jesus. You may think, well, Brother Mark, that's kind of a weird uh, Thanksgiving sermon. But I want to tell you, I want to encourage you because uh, I wanted to approach it from that standpoint today that many of us will be spending time with our families and it is so important that we be the hands and the feet of Jesus to our family. It's so important that we be a light in a dark world uh, to our family. Amen. It's so important that we don't seek division and, hey, let's talk about politics so we can all get mad at each other and we'll all go storming off about 3 o'clock uh, after we've all stuffed ourselves. That's not what Thanksgiving is about. Amen. Thanksgiving is not a time for everybody to voice their opinions. Thanksgiving should be a time of love. It should be a time of family. It should be a time of unity. And, uh, and Oh, and the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry. Yeah. Got to put the priorities in there. Amen. Uh, 
But listen, uh, yeah, and I, I remember I have some very, now this is Julie's side of the family. My side of the family was is very holy at Thanksgiving, amen. Uh, but Julie's family, they'd all get, they'd all eat and we'd all get stuffed until we had to unbutton buttons and, uh, and then they'd go sit in front of the TV in the living room, cuss the cowboys, amen. That was Julie's side of the family. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, listen, uh, it's, it can be a very wonderful time. It can be a very challenging time. But I wanted to approach you today. Are you a Jesus follower? And if, uh, if you're not where you need to be in following Jesus, get that way before Thursday. Amen? Because as you go and you maybe spend some time around family that's challenging, and listen, my fa- you may think, well, yeah, that's real easy to say because you've got to preach your family. Listen, my family ain't no different. Dysfunctional is the name of the game these days. Amen? And my family is just as dysfunctional as yours. I've got folks who love the Lord and serve the Lord. i got some family members. they got no interest in that. And uh, God is not even a second thought to them. And so we're not always on the same page, and we have to we have to try to come together, and we have to try to all get on the same page for that day. And, uh, but I'm here to tell you, why, why is it important about how you act? Now, I'm not talking about how your family member acts. But listen, we need to be the light of Jesus at these events. Maybe some of your family, you only see them these two times a year, at Thanksgiving and at Christmas, or maybe even just one or the other. But that's why, that's, that's even more so why it's so important that you be the light of Jesus, because this may be, they, you may be the only Jesus they are seeing. You may be the only Jesus some of them know or will ever even get close to. And so do you want to be known as the one who came in and tried to instigate everything and tried to cause division among everybody at Thanksgiving, or do you want to be the one who came in and just showed love, and showed love like Jesus would and be the hands and feet of Jesus? Amen. And so I wanted to prepare you for Thursday by preaching about following Jesus. Are you a Jesus follower? What does that mean? All right. Uh, did I ask you, are you going to church? That was not the question. Many of us go to church, but you've heard the old saying, going to church don't make you a Christian anymore than being in your garage makes you a car. Amen. So we must understand that just going to church doesn't do it. Well, did, you ask, did I ask you, do you donate money to good causes during this time of year? You know, there's a lot of causes and there's a lot of people that will be asking you for donations during this time of year. Uh, oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, uh, we have given some free turkeys out to families that were not able to have a turkey. I do have one more. So if you know of a family who is without a turkey and needs a turkey, this year we had some turkeys donated. We've already given out three or four, and uh, we've got one more. So uh, come see me after if you know a family that needs that turkey. It's a Greenberg one, too. It's a good one, all right? Uh, so um, I just wanted to add that in. Uh, did I ask you if you donated money to good causes? No, that's wonderful, but that's not what I asked you. Uh, did I ask you if you are a good person? Are you a good moral person? That's not what I asked you. You can be all those things and still not be a Jesus follower. Amen. And so I'm going to talk to you today about how to be a Jesus follower. The actual answer is actually pretty simple. All you have to do is follow the leader. You remember when you were a kid playing follow the leader? That's exactly how you and I should live the Christian life. Right now on Wednesday nights, we've been going through the Gospels, and we're in Mark right now. But the wonderful thing about the Gospels is you're just looking at Jesus' life. 
And uh, if you've got one of those red letter edition Bibles, everything that's in red, you know that came out of Jesus Christ's mouth. And I'm here to tell you, if we, and I, I told our folks at the beginning of this Bible study, as we go through the Gospels, if we didn't do anything but just pay attention to the letters in red, it should change our lives. Our lives would be totally different. If we didn't do anything but just concentrate on doing what the letters in red say, our lives would be totally different. And so uh, following Jesus is just following the leader. Let's look at our scripture. I'm going to give a lot of scripture today. If you don't get it all down, write it down, or you can feel free to take a picture of the, uh, uh, the screen on the points, all right? Uh, main scripture today is uh, Matthew chapter 4, uh, verses 18 through 20. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. So this scripture right here talks about being a Jesus follower. What does it mean to be a Jesus follower? It's not enough to just go through some motions. It's not enough to come to church and check the box. Um, listen, Simon Peter and Andrew gave a whole life commitment. They did not give religious activity. They didn't give legalistic things. Jesus simply said, leave your nets and come and follow me. And they dropped everything and they followed him. It is a commitment, a life. Listen, the English language sometimes uh, is a little bit simplified. And in the English language, one word can mean many different things or have many different levels. And uh, like love and believe, and we're going to touch on some of those today. Uh, you know, I, I, I love uh, cookies and cream ice cream, uh, but I would not give my life for cookies and cream ice cream as much as I love it. Amen. Uh, so we need to understand most other languages have different levels of the same word. Uh, English language sometimes is a little dumbed down. Uh, that's why we speak it. Amen. That's why I speak it anyway. Uh, so we need to understand that uh, there's, when we talk about that they followed him, it's not enough just to believe in Jesus. Listen, I can believe Jesus existed all day long. I can believe Jesus was a real guy. I believe he was a real man in history, and I believe that he existed. Guess, guess what level you're on right now? A demon in hell. Bible says the demons in hell believe that. So guess what? You, that's not enough. That's not near enough. To simply believe in the existence of Jesus, that he was real, and that he is a real historical figure, puts you on the same level as the demons in hell. So you've really not risen very high, all right? Uh, because the Bible says that they even believe and they tremble in his name, all right? So it's not enough to just believe that he existed. It's we're talking about when, it, when the Bible uses the word believe, it uses the level of commit myself to, commit my whole life to, all right? And that's what uh, Simon Peter and Andrew did, okay? So we're going to look at what, ca what characterizes a Jesus follower, all right? I'm going to give you nine things, all right? And I've got scripture with each one, so uh, we may move a little quick. So again, if you just need to take a picture, do that. Number one, Number one priority to be a Jesus follower is you must be born again. Anybody? Yeah, all right, there you go. Very good. All right. Uh, you must be born again. Now, what does that mean? Nicodemus didn't understand that. Guess what? Still people today asking the same question. What does that mean, I must be born again? And Nicodemus said this way, can I go back into my mother's womb? No. 
Jesus said that you must be born just in the same way you were born of the water or born of the flesh. Remember uh, when your mother's water broke? No, you don't, probably don't remember that uh, when you were there. Uh, but uh, but your, your mother's water broke, and when it says that you must be born of water, that's what it means. Everyone here had a physical birth, but it says you must be born again. You must have a spiritual birth, okay? And so number one priority is you must be born again. Being a Christian should be an entirely new life born of the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you've not had that experience, maybe you said, well, Brother Mark, I don't know if I had that. Now, I walked down an aisle and I shook a preacher's hand, or I walked down an aisle and I filled out a card, or I walked down an aisle with about 20 other people and we all said this thing together, or maybe uh, maybe you grew up in a, in a different uh, faith where they had a, a, a um, oh, what do they call it? Uh, what kind of, they do it in a class. And maybe you were put in a class with 20 or 30 other people. And at the end of that class, everybody stood up and said a prayer together. Did you mean that in your heart? Was that an individual thing? Was that, I'm not saying that that can't be real, but I'm saying sometimes those things that we think are real, they may not be real. Was there a change? Many of you have heard my testimony. The night I got saved, uh, the scripture that was preached upon was that, uh, um, every man or an, he's a new creature. We must be a new creation. The old things pass away and behold, all things become new. And I knew on that night when that was preached, when that preacher preached that, that I was a church attender. I went to church on Sunday, but guess what? Monday through Saturday, I was not the same person. Monday through Saturday, I was doing the things I wanted to do. I wasn't paying attention to God at all. God wasn't even in my mind Monday through Saturday. And then I would attend church on Sunday. And then that scripture was preached that night. If any man be in Christ, behold, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. And I knew that had not happened in my life. I had not been changed. There was not a change in my life. I would tell you today, if, if you say, well, I came down and I did this or I did this, I'm asking you one question. Was there a change? Now, listen, we can all backslide. We can all run away from the Lord. But I'm telling you that night, is there a point in time where you can say, my life changed on that night? Now, I've, I've messed up since then. I've backslid since then. None of that matters. I'm asking you, was there a change? Was there a real change uh, where you became a new creation, born again? Okay? If that's not happened, you really didn't get anything. And you need to nail that down today. Don't leave this building without making sure and getting that nailed down. Okay? I'll show you how, and I'll do it with a smile on my face. All right? Uh, number two thing, you must be born again. Number two, you must be a person of prayer. Uh, the scripture on this one is Luke chapter 6, verse 12. It says, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Brother Mark, you saying I got to go pray all night on a mountainside? No, I'm not saying that. But the example here is Jesus. What did Jesus do? It basically says that every morning Jesus got up and he went to spend time with his father alone in prayer. That is a habit that you and I need to do. All right. We need to become people of prayer. Man, I'm praying for our country right now. And the scripture I'm praying is this. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. But you notice there's a, we all want to get to the heal their land part, but there's a whole lot of prerequisites that have to happen before he heals their land. I believe God's allowing some things to happen right now in our country that I'm hoping will bring about a great awakening, a great revival. 
Because sometimes we got to be shook to our core to get where we need to get. Sometimes God has to get our attention, doesn't he? And I am praying that we will pray, we will seek his face, and we will turn from our wicked ways. That means you've got to get on your face before God and come in total, complete humility. Isn't that really what prayer should be? Prayer should be me coming to God every morning on my face, humble before him, saying, Lord, I can't do this. You know how I start my prayers most morning? God, I'm a mess. And God, I know if I try to handle all this, I'm just going to make a bigger mess of it. So, Lord, I humbly ask you, I need you. I need you to come. I need you to fight my battles for me. I need you to put me in the full armor of God. And I need you to go before me and fight all my battles. Because he's the only one that can do it. Amen. I'm just going to mess it up. Because I'm no different than you. I'm flesh and blood. And I'm just going to mess it up. So, we've got to become people of prayer. Okay? Number three, I must learn to listen. Listening. Why listening? The Bible says this, you are to be not just hearers of the word, but what? What good is hearing the word if you don't do the word? Let me give you another scripture. For faith without works is dead. Amen? So we need to understand, it's not enough for me to just hear God's voice. I need to do it. I need to pay attention. Listen, God can, uh, young people, God can uh, give you advice all day long just like mom and dad or grandma and grandpa. But guess what? If you don't take it, if you don't heed it, if you don't listen to it, it does you absolutely no good. God is the same way. He is telling us. He's given us his word and he's given us his Holy Spirit. And he will guide you and he will direct you, but he will not force you. You understand that? He will not force you. He is a king. He is not a beggar. God will not get on his knees and beg you to do what he asks you to do. He is a king. But guess what? As a king, you and I should be giving him honor and respect, and we should be listening to him. We should be saying, Lord, what do you want? I want your wisdom because all my friends, all they got is human wisdom, and that's pretty dumb. Lord, I need your wisdom. All right, And God's wisdom doesn't always make sense to our little human brains. Amen? So we need to understand that. All right, so listen, don't just pray. You have to listen to him, all right? Matthew 17, 5 is a scripture on that one. It says, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. You remember this? John the Baptist baptizes Jesus in the Jordan River. He comes up and it says a voice came from heaven. God's God the Father spoke audibly. And he says this, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. In other words, listen to him. All right. Listen to him. All right. Uh, number four, belief. And we kind of already talked about this. You, it's more than just believe he existed. All right. Um, did you know that almost every other world religion admits that Jesus, in fact, many of them in their books even mentions Jesus. Now, it doesn't necessarily always mention him as the son of God, but almost all of them in the Quran and uh, different books of other faiths, uh, it mentions Jesus as a prophet or a teacher or a rabbi, not the Messiah, not the son of God, but almost every other world religion mentions Jesus. Now, can I ask you this? 
why would every other world religion? So even even the other world religions admit to Jesus being who uh, you know being real, being a historical figure. Those people who want to say, well, the Bible's all a fairy tale, that's a lie. And even other world religions say it's a lie because they admit and they say this Jesus was real. He was a teacher. He was a rabbi who showed up in Israel at this time. So that makes you double stupid. All right. Because if you want to say, well, that's all a fairy tale, even, even the other world religions don't say it's a fairy tale. Now, they don't, they don't cross the line and say that he was the son of God, but they do admit he was a historical figure who was a real figure in history. Can I say this? It is well-proven fact. The Bible's a history book. If you think it's a fairy tale book, go over that trash can, just throw it away. It is not a fairy tale book. It is not a book of fairy tales. It is as real as your history book in school and probably a whole lot more accurate. All right? So understand that. Okay. All right. Um, let's see here. Believe Scripture on that. I think everybody ought to know this one. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, say it with me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, does that say, when that says that, we, we quote that, we can all quote that, Whoever believes in him, just believe he exists? No. Whoever believes in him, whoever commits themselves to him, whoever gives their life to him. Amen. Uh, Simon, Peter, and Andrew didn't just believe he existed. They said, we're dropping everything, and we are following you, Jesus. We are committing our lives to you. It's literally giving Jesus charge over your life. Now, many of us, we will pray, and we will ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins, but when it comes time to hand the car keys over to Jesus and say, Jesus, you drive. Oh, now, wait a minute. No, I don't want Jesus to drive. I like to drive. Any of y'all in here selfish drivers? My wife over there, she raised her hand. Amen. She wants to drive. I let her drive. Amen. I'm not that into driving. Amen. Some of you, some of you, now don't point any fingers. Some of you have this opinion. Nobody else drives like you drive. Nobody else got it down and is as good as you. Amen. My wife scares me to death, but she's convinced she's the best driver and everybody else is driving wrong. Amen. Now, I'm giving her a hard time. That's, that's probably true about a lot of us. But we tend to think, and why do we love driving so much? You ever thought about that? Here's the thing. Control. Most of us in this room, even if you don't think you do, everybody in this room to some degree has control issues. We like being in control. I want to drive because I want to be in control. Why is one of the greatest fears riding on an airplane? You know why? They've done research. One of the main reasons people are afraid of flying the plane is because they're just sitting in that seat, and the pilot's way up there, and he's got all the control. I have no control. I am strapped in this seat. I'm in a giant silver tube flying through the air, miles in the air, and I am trusting some other guy that he's going to do the right job, and I am not in control. And we have a hard time with that. So you got to, man, this is a lot of reason why a lot of people don't want to give their life to the Lord. They want to make Jesus their Savior, but I do not want to make him Lord because if I, if I make him Lord, then I am giving him control and I lose control. But guess what? The only way you'll ever live a completely, totally fulfilled life in Jesus Christ is to make him Lord and give him control. Amen. So we've got to understand that. Okay. Um, not a shallow belief, a life-altering belief and total commitment. Number five, this is not going to be a fun one, obedience, obedience. Uh, how many of you like obeying your boss at work? 
if he's a good boss, maybe you do. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> you are your boss. Amen. Uh, and that's right. Sometimes you're your own boss. You don't even like yourself. All right. That can be a problem. All right. Um, listen, obedience. We do not like obedience. Again, it comes back to control issues. Most people, now, most people you get there and you really wouldn't want to, but a lot of people, most people would say, I want to work for myself. But listen, a lot of times you get there, a lot of people don't like it. All right, so you need to understand obedience is about, we don't like it again because of a loss of control. But guess what? The Lord says that we must obey him. John 8, 12 is the scripture on this one. It says, as Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Okay? So you and I need to understand, we are to follow him. We are to uh, put our lives in line with him. And if you want a blessed life, you have to obey him. Now, I would, if I were to ask everybody in here, how many of y'all want to live a blessed life? Everybody would raise their hands. Of course, everybody wants to live a life full of God's blessings with God's hand of favor on you. And we all want that part, but unfortunately, we don't like the other parts. He says, if you want to be blessed, if you want to live an abundant life, uh, and in other scriptures besides this one, you must follow me. You must obey me. If you say you really love me, then obey my commandments. It's all through scripture, all right? And so if you want to live a blessed life, which I, we would all say, then guess what? The prerequisite is you must obey him. You've got to do it his way, not your way. Okay, and again, that's a that's a thing that's easier said than done. All right, let me say it this way: If we stubbornly refuse to obey God, here's what'll happen: He will send enough heartache and trouble into our lives to correct us. Anybody here ever been to the woodshed with God? I have. It's not fun, but guess what? God says one of the ways you know that you're my child is if I correct you. The time to really question whether you really know God or not is if you, don't, if you don't get any discipline. If you don't get any discipline, then he says, I only discipline my, my real children. So if, if, I, if you're corrected or if you get God's discipline, that should be a confirmation that you're one of his children because he's disciplining you. If you're not my child, uh, listen, I raised three kids, and it was hard enough to raise my three. Uh, if yours got out of line, I didn't necessarily try to discipline yours. In my mind, that was your job. Amen. And so that's what God said. God says, if you're really my child, then I will discipline you. So the time to worry is when you do something and you don't get disciplined. All right. Okay. Um, it is best to obey him because he is the source of every good thing. And we all want God's favor and God's blessing. Number six, love. Mark 12, 30 is a scripture on this, love. And we all know this one too. It says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And if we went on, you remember he says, and the second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So let me say again, going into Thanksgiving. The greatest thing you can do when you walk in whoever's house you're going to, or maybe it's at your house, but when those people show up at your house or you walk in that house, the greatest thing you can get your heart ready to do is this right here. Love. Love, love, love. I'm not just saying love them if they love you back. I'm not just saying love if they're easy to love. In fact, I'm saying even more so, love them if they're hard to love. All right? Love them, love them, love 
Scripture talks about this too, that it says, if you have all these things but you don't have love, then you're just like a clanging cymbal, a gong cymbal. You're just making a lot of noise that doesn't mean anything. We must do everything we do tempered with love. So when you go into that house on Thursday or they come to your house or whatever day of the week you're going to celebrate it, go get your heart ready, be prayed up, and say, Lord, help me to love. Even those in my family that maybe are hard to love, even those maybe that I don't necessarily feel that they're loving me back, that's not, it, it never gives a prerequisite only if they love you back or only if they're worth the love. Amen. It's, I've got to love them. And I've got to love them right where that. The hardest thing for me to do is to love Jared Graham right where he's at. Amen. He could agree with that. <laughs> it's really hard to love people right where they're at because what I, what I really want to do is if, if Jared were my family member, and he is, he's like a brother from another mother, uh, but if we were real blood family, it would be hard maybe for me uh, to love him if I felt like that he was not living his life the way he ought to, or maybe he was not making good life choices. It would be, it makes it harder for me to love him. But guess what? I have to put all that aside and say, you know what? He's my brother and I love him and I'm going to love him right where he's at. Scars and all, addictions and all, bad attitude and all, bad life decisions and all. I love him right where he's at. Brother Mark, that's hard. I know it is. That's why you need the Lord to do it. Amen. It is very hard to hard, easy to say, hard to do. Number seven, sharing. Uh, Matthew 28, 19. Sharing. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If we are going to follow him, Jesus, we will share the gospel and we will share the truth of God's word. Who's the hardest ones in life to share the gospel with? Family members. You know why it's so hard to share with family members? Listen, I learned from one of the best, Brother Mike Daniels. Uh, he's, he was a soul winner. Would you all agree? Amen. I learned from one of the best. I can go out. Man, I can, I can win souls. I can, I can preach the gospel to complete strangers with ease because of Brother Mike Daniels. But you know what? When it comes to my own family, it's a little tougher and a little scarier. Why? Because they really know me. They know all my flaws. They know all my past. They know all the dumb things I've done. They know all the mistakes I've made. And they've got a file in their head. Amen. And they're going to, they might say, well, who are you to tell me this? You did this or you had this in your past. And that's why sometimes family is the hardest one. But what I'm telling you, as you prepare for this week and go to your family, be the light of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying take your giant 25-pound King James Bible and thump them over the head with it at Thanksgiving. Amen? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying go and love them and don't be afraid to share what God has done in your life. Don't be afraid to share that God, how God has changed your life. And don't be afraid to share the gospel and that the only reason. Now, listen, there's a difference between doing it with a heart of humility and a heart of pride. Amen. We've all seen the ones who want to uh, who want to share the gospel out of a heart of pride because they just want to put another Holy Ghost notch on their salvation belt. Amen. Listen, that's not the point. The point is, is that there are many people in your family who need Jesus. 
There are many people in my family that need Jesus, and I don't need to beat them over the head with it. I need to love them into the kingdom. And I need to very humbly share with them, I'm not telling you I have my act all together. I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm not telling you I'm better than you because I'm a Christian. I'm just telling you Jesus changed my life, and he can change your life if you'll let him. Amen. That's doing it with a heart of humility. Now, you come in, y'all need to change your ways. You know, y'all going Y'all are all going to fry in hell if y'all don't get it right. Amen? Some of that turn and burn. Listen, all that's going to do is make them run the other direction. Amen? But if you come in with a heart of humility and you say, you know what? Man, God's been good to me. He's been better to me than I deserve. And here is the reason that he changed my life. It's not anything to do with me. It's all what he did for me. Amen? It makes all the difference in the world in the way you say it. It's the same way with your spouse. My wife, it's not so much what she says it's how she says it and the tone with which she says it. Amen. Can anybody in here smarry degree? <laughs> so you need to understand. It's the same way when witnessing. It's not so much what you're saying. How are you saying it? Are you saying it with a prideful heart or are you saying it with a humble heart? Amen. Because I don't deserve salvation any more than you do. Amen. And I need, whenever I'm sharing the gospel, I need to understand that and remember that. Okay. All right. So don't be afraid to share uh, this, this Thanksgiving. Uh, number 18 is service. Serve people. What would your family members do if you showed up at Thanksgiving this year and not making a big production out of it, but just maybe you've got some older ones in your family or maybe you've got one that you, you and them don't necessarily always jive together, see eye to eye. What would that person do if you just went, hey, what do you want on your plate? I'm going to go fix your plate for you. I just want to bless you. And so you, you stay right there, stay seated, tell me what you want. I'm, I'm going to go fix you a plate. Some of them would fall out on the floor, wouldn't they? But what if we turned it around? What if we turned our attitude around and our mind around and said, you know what, I'm going to go this Thanksgiving and I'm going to serve my family. Maybe it's not even serve a plate of food, but maybe it's just say, hey, I, man, I, I heard you really been struggling. Could I pray for you? And again, I'm not saying make a big production out of it right smack in the middle of the living room, right in the middle of the cowboy game. Amen? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying get them off in a corner, get them off in a, another room, and just very quietly say, hey, I've heard you've been struggling. Could, is there, could I pray for you? Man, a family member that you're not necessarily jiving with, listen, that could change their heart, change their attitude just like that. They, they, they would pray for me. Listen, I know a lot of people, they don't give a second thought to God, but almost nobody will refuse when you say, could I pray for you? Now, they might, and that's okay. That's their choice. But guess what? Be bold enough to just say, could I pray for you? Could I, could I serve you? All right? Uh, the scripture on that one, I'm sorry, is uh, John 12, 26. It says, if anyone serves me, then let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. And guess what? I take that to mean also. If anyone serves others, you're honoring my father also. Because in as much as you've done it unto these, the least of these, you've done it unto me. Amen. All right. And then last but not least, suffering. Now, this is the hardest one. That's why I put it last. You know what? It, let's just really read the scripture. Philippians 1.29. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ. Not only to believe in him, uh-oh, this is hard, but also to suffer for his sake. Jesus almost guaranteed 
that if you follow me, what did they do to me? They hated me. They cursed me. They held me on a cross. They made fun of me. Some of them spit on me. Some of them beat me. And he says, they hated me. They're liable to hate you. If I had to suffer, you're liable to have to suffer. Now, this is the least popular of all these views, definitely. But I'm here to tell you, we need to understand as Christians, especially during the day and time in which we live, if, we're, if this is the end times, like most of us believe, we're getting closer to the end, it may get harder before it gets easier. And we need to understand that we may suffer for his sake. In America, quite honestly, we don't really know what suffering for Jesus is. Now, there are some other countries where people literally have to give their lives to take a stand for Jesus. We don't really know what su true suffering is. But, hey, it, it could get there. It could get worse before it gets better. And we need to understand it's okay because we need to understand. If the worst thing that happens to you and you go to Thanksgiving this year and you try to serve somebody or pray for somebody or witness to somebody and they call you one of them Jesus freaks or that holy roller, you ought to be clapping and for joy. Amen. If that's the worst you get, that's pretty easy. Amen. Jesus died on a cross for you. Somebody calls you a holy roller, and that's going to make you cry and go home. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Julie, if you'd come. If we are following Jesus, then we can expect to experience some form of suffering. Now, that's not a way to end a feel-good sermon, I understand. But my job is not to make you feel good. My job is to preach the truth to you. Amen. So, I'm telling you, all of these things to end with that be bold when you go to your family this week be bold be loving have a servant's heart be willing to share and don't be afraid of somebody making fun of you because that's really not suffering that really ain't suffering all right so i think we all have a job this week and that was really the point of the sermon you and i we all have a job this week as we go to spend some time with family that maybe we only see once or twice a year. And that is to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Amen. And I want to encourage you to do that as you go. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. You know, earlier I asked if, uh, if you've really had an experience, uh, if you've really been born again. If maybe when I asked that question, you say, you know, I've, I've attended church. I've done good things. Uh, maybe I even walked down an aisle when I was a young kid, but I don't know if I really knew what I was doing. Listen, if you would doubt that at all and you're not sure where your relationship with the Lord is today, you need to get that settled and nail that down today. And he, the great thing is, he's as close as a prayer away. So if, if that's you today, if you'd say, Brother Mark, I've never prayed that prayer, or Brother Mark, I prayed that prayer a long time ago, but I need to recommit myself to him, I just want to invite you to pray this prayer with me in your heart and your mind. Just say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, right now, the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash my sins in the blood of Jesus and save me. Now, every head still bowed, every eye closed. I would never want to embarrass you. But if you prayed that prayer as a prayer of salvation or a prayer of recommitment, would you just lift up a hand so I can pray for you? Thank you. Anyone else? All right. We're going to sing a song of uh, invitation. The altar is open if you'd like to come pray, if you'd like to come join the church, or if you'd like somebody to pray with you. Brother Martin will be on this side. I'll be on this other side. We would love to pray for you. Father, have your will and your way in this place today. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Let's all stand. The altar is open if you need to come and pray or if you need somebody to pray over you today, all right, as we sing. I hope uh, this uh, message blessed you. I hope it encouraged you maybe as you go this week to spend time with family, to be all those things, and to kind of go down that checklist and uh, be, uh, be prayed up as you go and you spend time with your family. And ask the Lord, Lord, use me as I go with my family this week. Help me to be bold in my witness before you. Uh, don't forget, I do have one Greenberg turkey. If there's a family that needs it or if you know of a family or maybe it's your family, uh, you can come uh, see me after. All right. I uh, hope that you have a great rest of your Sunday. Father, thank you for what you did today. Thank you for the decisions that have been made. And, Lord, for those things that have been prayed about. Uh, Lord, help us as we go this week. Help us to be the light uh, in a dark world as we go and spend time with our family members this week. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your Sunday.